Ransomed Sons Productions and the Prayer Furnace on the Mountain presents the Furnace Sessions. Welcome, this is Gail Marie with Daughters of Desperation, coming to you live from the Prayer Furnace on the Mountain. Join me for the Furnace Sessions. We are talking about the Lord's mandate for Israel. And we are in Ezekiel, the Bible, specifically chapter 36. which is titled, The Hope for the Mountains of Israel. In chapter 36 of Ezekiel, the Bible, it reads, Therefore say to the Israelites, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. It is not for your sake, people of Israel, that I am going to do these things. But for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations, where you have gone, I will show the holiness of my great name which has been profaned among the nations. The name you have profaned among them. And then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Sovereign Lord, when I am proved holy through you before their eyes. For I will take you out of the nations and gather you back from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. And I will sprinkle you with clean water and you will be clean I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove you. I will remove from you your heart of stone. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. And move you to follow my decrees. And be careful to keep my laws. And then you will live in the land. I gave your ancestors... And you will be my people. 
and I will be your God. I will save you from all your uncleanness. I am not doing this for your sake, says Ezekiel in chapter 36 of the First Testament of the Christian Bible. I am not doing this for your sake, declares the Lord, the Sovereign Lord. Be ashamed and disgraced for your conduct, people of Israel. And this is what the Sovereign Lord says. On the day I cleanse you from all your sins, I will resettle your towns and ruins will be rebuilt. The desolate land will be cultivated. Instead of lying desolate to all who pass by. They will say this land that was laid waste has become like the Garden of Eden. The cities that were lying in ruins, desolate and destroyed, are now fortified and inhabited. And then the nations around you that remain will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt what was destroyed and have replanted what was desolate. The Lord has spoken and will do it. Who was this Ezekiel? This prophet priest. He lived during a time of great international upheaval. This watchman on the wall, this priest and prophet. Empires were rising and falling and changing. The playing board of empires and kings was being shifted during Ezekiel's time. Between 593 and 571 B.C., Ezekiel the priest he was exiled with the Jews in one of the the exiles by the Babylonians his audience was his own people The Assyrian Empire crushed under the Babylonians. Egypt's age-old influence, ancient influence and power was to become no more. 
kings lowered, removed, Hezekiah. Nebuchadnezzar eventually elevated to the throne of Babylonia. And by 588, Jerusalem was under siege and fell in 586. Plundered. The temple burned. Babylonia dominated the scene. But then in comes Cyrus the Persian. By 539 BC, the reign of the house of David came to an end. And the kingdom of Judah ceased to be an independent nation. And Jerusalem and the Lord's temple lay in ruins. And this Ezekiel was called along with his fellow exiles to be in that place in history at that place at that time. Ezekiel being a member of the priestly family and then the calling of a prophet, a man of great knowledge, not only in his own traditions with his own people, but also the international affairs and history. His grasp on literature was amazing, as well as just matters of culture. And he was to faithfully relay to his fellow Jews the stern, horrendous, hope-crushing word of divine judgment that because of all her sins, Jerusalem would fall. But once that news was received, according to my notes, Ezekiel began to prophesy the message of hope that they, Israel, would be revived and the restoration and the glorious future as the redeemed and the perfected kingdom of God in the world.
In Ezekiel 34, chapter 34, the Lord declares himself to be Israel's shepherd. I will bring them into their own land, he said. I will pasture them on the mountain of Israel, in the ravines and in all the settlements in the land. And I will tend them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. I myself will tend my sheep, And have them lie down in green pastures, declares the Sovereign Lord. I myself will search for the lost and bring them back. I will bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and tend to the weak. I will shepherd the flock with justice. The Lord's mandate in Ezekiel What is a mandate but a commission to do something? a course of action. Empires have used that word. Politics have used that word. The great China and their mandate of heaven, 31 kings and 17 generations with their political, religious teachings in the ancient world of imperial China, all the way to the three kingdoms and games that use the word mandate, But the Lord has a mandate over the apple of his eye, Israel. And you are grafted in as believers into that lineage. His mandate is a double-edged sword. It's not just the restoration to prosperity, but also giving the gift to his people of a deep sense of shame for her sins. Ezekiel 
36 verse 29 that the Lord will deliver us from all our uncleanness, from all idol worship and moral defilement. I used to think that the Lord's grace, and they call Ezekiel the priestly prophet, the prophet of grace, pure grace. I used to think that my forgiveness of my personal sins that damaged myself and the people around me were for the purpose of cleansing myself of iniquity that I could bless this great God of mine. But actually, it was a bit the other way around. According to the word of God in Ezekiel, in the Christian Bible, as I'm looking at the chapters between Ezekiel 33 through 36, remember, chapter 37 is the valley of the dry bones, which is being enacted all over this earth and all over into individual people. Death coming to life. People being born again. Breathing again. Filled with the Spirit of God again. But I used to think that my personal sins, thank God they were cleansed. Well, I'm on the right track now. And I can approach the very throne of God and stay there to receive mercy and help in time of need. But then I was reading this here in the prayer furnace on the mountain where no other thing happens but the bended knee and the bowed heart. And these words struck me that over and over and over again the sovereign Lord, my sovereign Lord and Savior declared for his sake he's doing this. For his name he's doing this. For his holiness he's doing this. That his name not be defiled. That his covenant not be defiled. To cleanse and restore is now defiled and scattered people, thereby removing the disgrace that Israel, that we have brought on his name, on his name, and once again showing all nations his holiness. This hope that God is pouring out it goes beyond the mask upon the face. The mask upon the face might have created a national tension and a basic unhappiness as much, and, and fear and all kinds of things trying to do our duty. 
It might have changed the demeanor of people's faces and actions. But all are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom he has to do, with whom we have to do. We are laid open and bare to his eyes. He can see our mouths. He can see our eyes. He can see the demeanor of our hearts and the very condition of our souls. He can see down into the depths of every human being because he loves us, because he created us. He has eyes to see and ears to hear. And his arm is not too short and his ear is not too dull. And he's looking down into the soul of the nation. Jacob, my co-host for the Furnace Sessions, said something interesting to me the other day about mask wearing. The kind that is supposed to protect us from germs. He says, well, the thing that is, it's become a bit awkward for me because I can't, I can't quite see people's faces. I can't read their mouths. I can't see their smiles. I can't see the glow in their eyes, really, if it matches the rest of their demeanor. I can't quite read what's going on with people, and they can't quite read what's going on with me. So we become kind of hidden from each other. Probably some folks like those masks. But with the Lord, all are laid open and bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And he knows the word upon our tongue before it becomes thereof. He sees the very motive that brings that word forth. He is a papa and an abba and a father because we can trust that no matter our demeanor, no matter who we are, the iniquities, the bondages, all of these things, fears, whatever it may be, our Father sees us. He knows us. He calls us by name. And for the sake of His holiness, for the sake of His own name, for the sake of His name not to be profaned and disgraced, He comes with a vengeance. He comes with a fire. He comes to make right what was wrong. He is the hope for the mountains of Israel. And he will put his spirit within us.
to help us. And on this mountain, in this prayer furnace on the mountain, that is what we're crying up for. For God to take my heart of stone, for His Spirit to give me a heart of flesh that I can rest my ear on my Father's chest and I can hear the heartbeat of the Lord. For love overcomes evil. And so, this is Gail Marie, live from the prayer furnace on the mountain, praying that the hope of Israel, the shepherd of the scattered sheep, the one that upholds his holiness and his name, the one that loves us beyond what we can explain. Has promised and declared a mandate, has commissioned himself to restoration, to inflicting upon us a deep sense of shame of our sins and iniquity, to bringing us out into the glorious light of His Son, Jesus Christ. We have been talking about Ezekiel. We have looked at Ezekiel 36. Israel's restoration assured. Amen.